Welcome to Victory Christian Center's audio podcast. We hope this message encourages you, and we look forward to connecting with you on social media or FCCFMD.com. At this time, I would like to introduce Tegustaria, introducing los pastores de la Iglesia Evangelística Plantio de Pastores Leopoldo y Blanca Garcia. I'd like to introduce to you this morning the pastors Leopold and Blanca Garcia from Jehovah's Planting Ministry here in Frederick. And I'd ask them if they would come this morning and share a greeting and share a blessing with you. Um, in the name of Jesus, so pastores, bienvenido, y dices una bendiciones para nuestras iglesias en el nombre de Jesús. We are so thankful um, for pastores Leopoldo y Blanca Garcia for their ministry and for their church, and so I've asked them to come share blessing with you today in Jesus' name. We're so for the partnership that the Lord is bringing together with our churches, and so we're thankful um, for for what He's doing. And so we're going to have our, our translator make his way up here today, uh, to, or her way to translate um, for them this morning. So would you make them feel welcome? Dios ha sido bueno. Pues estamos muy agradecidos con Dios por la Iglesia Victoria, por abrirnos las puertas a nosotros, la Iglesia Hispana. Estamos agradecidos con Dios porque Dios en su gran misericordia me llamó hace 19 años he called me 19 years ago y entre esos 19 años 3 años de pastor and in those 19 years 3 years of being a pastor Dios me llamó sacándome del mundo de una enfermedad God called me out from the role from a big sickness y me dijo que había muchas promesas para mí and he said he had many promises for me Amen. Amen. Le doy gracias a Dios. I'm thankful to God. Porque Dios me permitió. Because He gave me. Conocer. Me. A mi esposa. My wife. En la iglesia. At church. Tenemos. We have. Dieciséis años de casados. Sixteen years of being married. Servimos a Dios juntos desde ese entonces. Gracias. Esta es la iglesia que Dios nos ha permitido dirigir. This is my church. 
Plantillo de Jehová. Plantillo de Jehová. No pudimos estar todos. We couldn't be all here. Algunos están de vacaciones, Some otros están trabajando. Amén. ¿Qué les pasó a mi esposa? I'm like my wife. Que el Señor le bendiga. Que el Señor le bendiga más. Un aplauso para Dios. Él se merece toda gloria y toda honra. Doy gracias a Dios por estar juntos con ustedes. Estábamos orando por 40 días para que Dios proveyera un lugar estable donde pudiéramos servirle a Dios con libertad. We prayed for 40 days to, for God to give us a place to be in a worship yes. Y Dios cumple sus promesas, amén. Aquellos hijos fieles. God keeps his promises to his children. Yo hace 22 años ya estuviera muerta, pero Dios tuvo misericordia y me libró de las llamas del mero infierno. 22 years ago I would have been dead, but he rescued me from the uh, flames of hell. Amen. Tengo cicatrices en mi cuerpo, si lo pueden ver. I got burned when I was small, and I still have the bruises in my skin. Quedé inválida y aún no sabía que estaba embarazada de mi hija. Le voy a pedir que se ponga And while that happened, I was pregnant with my daughter. I'm going to make her stand up. All doctors told me that she wasn't going to live, and I wasn't going to live either, but we're here. Thanks four months ago they told four months after I got burned they told me I was pregnant and I did not know I was pregnant God bless you I love you and keep serving God I'd like to introduce you at this time our speaker for this morning, uh, who I have the privilege of calling my cousin. Uh, his name is uh, Christian Cole, and so uh, Christian's going to come and share with you the word today. And so, would you make him feel welcome? to be here today. You, you can join me if you want. You don't have to. <laughs> I'll bite, I promise. So you ready? This is going to get crazy, okay? You got you to get ready for this. Okay, well, I have the joy and the honor to be preaching here today with both congregations present. And, and some amazing family. Amazing family, some amazing friends. Um, my my great grandmother is in the house. So it's 
like it's a, we're we're five generations alive. Yeah, right now. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we live a long time from where we're from. <laughs> and uh, I also uh, my cousin is here. My uh, my aunt Debbie. My aunt Cheryl. My Josh and Julie Mayer joined today as well. So hey, there's a lot of people here. So I see a lot of familiar faces and I see a lot of people that I don't know, which is good as well. Would you join me as we open the word of God today? Today? We find we find our nation. We find the nations of the world in a dire need for hope. And uh, you and I, we serve a God that the Bible says that one day, a God who promises eternal life, and the Bible says that one day, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Amen. Okay, good. I'm glad you guys came ready. I'm glad people are standing ready. But on top of that, we serve a God that the Bible says that one day we will surround the throne of God. And the Bible says that every nation, every tribe, and every tongue will be represented on So what we're doing here is a small picture of what we're going to spend eternity doing. Worshiping our Lord and Savior. I want to ask you today, do you have a reason to worship the Lord? my story and, and I know that it's going to resonate with a lot of you guys I'm going to talk about today the title of my preaching is called Committed to the Calling because this is the thing every single person in this room whether you're seated whether you what nation you come from no matter the age that you have you have a calling from God. You have a reason to be alive. If, if you have breath in your lungs today, it's because God has a reason for you to be alive. So we're going to go to the Word of God. I hope that this excites you more than any preacher that can come to town. I hope that, that, that this Word would transform your life as it did mine. We're going to go to the book of Acts. El libro de Hechos. Hechos. By the way, Ashley, Spence is on point. We're going to go to Acts chapter 20. Hechos 20. And when you, when you get to Acts 20, say amen with me. Okay, we're there. We're going to go down to verse... 18. And we're going to read Acts chapter 20, verses 18 to verse 24. And I want you to get the picture of what is happening here. What's happening here is, this is the last time Paul is going to see some of his best 
friends in the world. He knows that where he's going is only going to be more persecution until his own death. These are the last words that he speaks to his friends in Ephesus. Some of the closest people in Paul's life. And it says, and when they came to him, he says to them, cuando vinieron a él les dijo you yourselves know how I live among all of you the first times from the first day I set foot in Asia I serve the Lord with all humility with tears with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews and how I did not shrink back from declaring and teaching in public no, sorry, I did not shrink back from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in the public from the house and from house to house. Now we're going to go to verse 21. Okay, 21. Testify both to the Jews and to the Greeks of the repentance towards God. Toward, I'm going to repeat that. Testifying both to the Jews and the Greeks of the repentance towards God. Hallelujah. And of the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I'm going to Jerusalem. Constrained by the Spirit. Not knowing what is going to happen to me there. Not yet, yeah. not knowing what is going to happen to me. There. Except the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city. That imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my life as any value nor precious to myself. If only that I can finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of God's grace. So my beginnings in Christianity started right here in Maryland. I started, uh, I, I was born in Pennsylvania, in the beautiful town of Hanover, Pennsylvania, the most blessed city on, on the face of the planet. Yeah, if you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. Well, I'm not, maybe, I don't know. So, but anyway, um, right across the line, of uh, the Mason-Dixon line, there is a church called Tawny Town Baptist Church, where, where my Uncle Gary was pastor, my Aunt Debbie, that's his wife, they were great influences in my life, and at that church, from a young age, was instilled in me, 
fue hecho y enseñado. A passion to reach the lost for Jesus. Una pasión para buscar a los perdidos de Dios. I learned in that in that church. En esa iglesia aprendí that you don't play with the word of God that the word of God what it says is what it means and, and I don't know about you but my Bible still says today it hasn't changed that we have to go into all the world and we have to make disciples of every nation baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them everything that Jesus taught us and Jesus makes a promise at the end of that chapter he says and I will be with you until the end of these so today I want to talk about committing to the calling. Haciendo compromiso con su But but I because I think that if anything is needed in our nation in this time today is, is that we can't keep playing Christians that we can't be Sunday Christians any longer that the, the world is advancing rapidly the plans of the enemy are, are, are happening in front of our eyes in every sphere of society that we can see and right now God is asking us the same words that he asked Isaiah who will go for me and who can I send Isaiah's answer was simple he said here I am estoy. send me what's, what's the first thing that we do a lot of times the first thing that we do when we understand that God called us is we make an excuse this isn't my nation I don't speak the language I don't know the people I'm too old I'm too young I don't know enough I, I'm not, I don't look right I don't speak right I don't do things the right way and what I've realized what I've realized is, is actually that it is never going to get easier. There is always going to be people within the own church, within the church that opposes the work of God. It's not even it's not always outside of the church, it's 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 our own church. My friend told me something that I really like. And it's very true. And I want to see it corrected in our day. He said Christianity is the only army that shoots at its own soldiers. There are so many men and women of God. There are so many men and women of God that have been put down and replaced and the move of God did not continue because of the plans of the enemy I, I love to see things like this a partnership where churches come together not mattering the language not mattering the denomination not mattering the background but, but with one purpose with one purpose with one purpose 
Not as to lift high the name of Jesus. To make Jesus known to and so as well um, I in that same church going back to my story uh, that church I had a youth pastor who really pushed me into missions and, and it came to a point where I said I have to go into missions right now and he sent me to a school to get trained and, and I ended up getting trained and I remember going all to different nations and I want to tell you a specific story one day I was in the country of Peru I was in the city of Lima, Peru and we were preaching the gospel and I was on a sidewalk much like this one I, I was raised up people were listening to me and of course you know I'm a, I'm a white guy I'm a gringo and I'm speaking English. So people want to see what I'm talking about. And so they come to listen to what I'm saying. But we're preaching Jesus. We're preaching salvation in Jesus. And we preach the gospel. With about 60 people around. And as I was preaching, at the end I said, Who wants to make Jesus their Lord and Savior? Hands, hands go up everywhere. A lot of people that they accepted Jesus. And, and we felt like, wow! Our team was so excited. People, we went back to our house and people were jumping around. And at that moment, there was, a, there was a thought that entered my mind. And I was happy that those people got saved. But I said, God, what about my family? I said, I just see all of these people in another nation get saved. What about my family? What about my family? And so I continued to pray. That day I made a promise to God. This, if you need to make a promise with God, make this promise. But actually do this. I say, God, from this day forward, I will do what you've called me to do. I will, I will not stop. I will go and I will go and I will go. No matter what you call me to do, where you call me to do it, how you call me to do it, God, I will do it. But you take care of mine. Pero tú haces mío. I'm giving you my family. I'm giving you my life. Everything. And from that day forward, about two years go by. And I go home. And my dad says, I want to talk to you. And I said, oh man, like who died? Who got a divorce? What happened? And, and we sit down. And my dad said these words. And he says, the way that you are living your life is making me and your mom think about the way that we're living out. 
And I, I knew in that day that God was being faithful to the promise. Pastors. Pastors. God has made you a promise. Pastor, God has made you a promise. The thing is, when God makes a promise, He never goes back on it. If He said it, He's going to do it. If He promises you something, and here's the thing, there's a lot of promises when it comes to the Word of God. A lot of times we don't go into the Word of God to find them, but they're there. No vamos a buscarlas, pero están ahí. But the promise is there. Las promesas de ahí. For you to, for if you want a long life, si tú quieres una vida grande, the larga, promises are there. Están las promesas. If you, if you want to, if you want to see revival in the nations, si tú quieres revivir la the promise is there. Las promesas están ahí. But today, pero hoy, we have to say yes to Jesus. Every person in this place. Some of you guys thought, and you thought, oh, Christian's going to bring like a nice, like cute message. No, but I want, to, I want you to leave this place making a commitment to God. So I, I live two years kind of just traveling everywhere and just my only goal was to evangelize to preach the gospel and then God changed everything I go I go to this country in Central America called El Salvador we have any Salvadorians here? you can translate to English right? okay for everybody that's listening in English I'm going to speak to, to my Spanish homie. She's going to translate what I'm saying. So, yo viví tres años en el país de El Salvador. Vivió tres años allá. Y ustedes tienen un lindo país. Y yo viví en la ciudad de Metapan. No, vivió en la ciudad de Metapan. Metapan, okay. Yeah, yeah, she's like, yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I lived in the city of Metapan, and, and God was challenging me even more at that point. Y Dios me puso más retos. Yeah, he was challenging me even more. And, and I said, God, why would you call me to this country? God, why am I here? I don't speak Spanish well. I, I, I don't particularly like enjoy the super hot weather. And I'm complaining to God. Have you ever complained to God? God, why did you put me here? What's wrong with you? Why would you do this I was good in America. I was good just traveling and coming. I got to come home. I got to eat cheeseburgers again. I got to eat French fries. I was happy that way. Why would you why would you move me to El Salvador? Why would you take me to that place? And weeks would go by and I would just pray and I would hear nothing from God. And I'd read the Bible. And it was like I felt alone. I don't know if you've ever just felt like oh, I'm alone. Not that, not that God's not there. He's there. But it's like you figure everything out. And one day I was just out, like literally in a field. Where I lived in El Salvador, it was very rural. It was very like country. And 
And I was out in the field and I was talk I was having that same conversation with God. Like God, I'm hot. God, why are you doing this? I don't speak Spanish. And in that moment, I felt like God gave me a clear message. And he said, Christian, I brought you here just to be alone with you. I brought you here because I want to speak to you. I brought you here because, because a lot of times, when it comes to the things of God, we are people that can get distracted so easily. Because what happens? All I have I had a stressful day. I'm going to go home and watch Netflix. I'm going to go home and watch Hulu. I'm going to go home and watch the Olympics. And, and instead of actually conversating with God, we end up distracting ourselves to the point where we, we don't even have time to open this book anymore. We don't have time anymore to have communion with God anymore. We don't have we don't speak to the Holy Spirit. We don't speak to God anymore. We end up getting distracted. And that's what I want to ask you today. Are you living life? Or is life living you? Because many people, the, the author John Maxwell, he says it this way. He says that most people do not lead their life. They accept their life. They, they, they put up with their life. You, do you think that God would call you to this country and not provide for what he called you to do? If God calls you to, to pastor here, do you think God is not going to provide what he needs, what he wants to provide? I, I want you to open your Bible again and I want to go to the book of Matthew. And I want you to go to chapter 6. Mateo 6. Something that I love about the book of Matthew is that it's so practical. Es que muy practical. It, you don't have to have a master's degree in theology to understand. You, you can read this and, and Jesus, what Jesus is actually saying, Jesus actually means. Like what, 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 what he says here, he means. What, what he's saying here, he wants us to do. This is the thing. If your faith is a theory, if, you, if, you're, if your faith is, is just an idea, if, in other words, if you believe in the Bible, but your, your life doesn't reflect the Bible, then we have to change and accept what Jesus is telling us to do. In chapter 6, Jesus talks about giving to the needy. He teaches us how to pray. He teaches that we, we should store our treasures up in heaven. He, he teaches us to not be anxious of anything. But this is my question. What if God was calling us to pray? What if God was calling you to pray? Because the thing is, we can come to a place in our faith where we get comfortable, where we go out to our recliner chair in the morning with, and we recline the chair and, you know, we have our cup of coffee and nothing's wrong. I, I do that too. 
But but the problem is when this just becomes an idea. When this is just a God gave me a good idea about that. And this isn't happening in your life. Listen, I don't know for for you. No sé para ti. But 2020 and 2021 seem like the worst years that many of us have ever lived through. Would, it, would any of you agree with that? You can raise your hand. Just to show, so we're all on the same page. That, that's why I had you raise your hand. We would all agree that those years were some of the worst years that we ever had to live through. But the good thing is that we can't change the past. But I want to tell you something. You also don't have to live there either. A lot of times, you and I, we can get stuck in our past. And the things that we did wrong, and the things that people told us, and, and the, the bad things that people said about us, and, and we guard all of these things into our hearts. Recently, I was praying. And I just kind of had this thought, like, kind of just come into my heart. It's one of those things you just know that it was God speaking to you. And I was praying about a situation in my life. And a certain group of people in my life. And you know, you just got those people that you're like, Lord bless them, but keep them far away. Like, God... Keep blessing them. Just bless them in another country. Bless them in another state. And I was praying about that. And I felt I I I understood this. And this is gonna be hard for you. I don't know how you're gonna do this because I don't know how to say this much either. But I felt like God asked me a question. He said, Are you going to have a wounded heart? Or are you going to have wounded knees? Wow. And as I thought about that, I said, That's deep. I don't know about you, but that's deep. A lot of times we walk around with a wounded heart. When what God is asking from us is wounded knees. The brother of Jesus. Yeah, the brother of Jesus, uh, James, James, he, oh, oh Santiago, yeah, Santiago, so James, he was, um, early church historians, they write about him, and he was known as old callous knees, because he was known for spending hours and hours of the day down on his knees. Just down on his knees and he was, he was praying to God. And see, a lot of times, you know, we can allow these things to hurt our heart. But if Jesus taught anything to his brother, it was to have wounded knees instead of a wounded heart. See, I want to encourage you today. Maybe these last couple of years have been difficult. Maybe yesterday was difficult. 
Maybe the drive in here was difficult. Maybe, maybe you're stuck in one of the worst seasons of your life. I want to tell you that when you come to Jesus, the Bible says that when you come to Jesus, that the old things are gone. The new things are come. I, I love the name of the church. I love the name of the church. Because if you study the Bible, you'll realize that God never lost one battle. My question is, do you think that he's going to start with you? Do you think that God is going to lose a battle in your life? Knowing his track record, I highly doubt that God will ever lose a battle in your life. If you're here today, if you're standing, you might be hurt, but I want, to, I want to invite you to do something. Pray like your life depends on it. I have a friend. He's also a pastor. He pastors a, a giant church in Massachusetts. One of the he has somebody on his staff that is is known as the prayer coordinator. So her job, one day she sent an email and she said, how can I be praying for you? He sends back a long email. She only sends back two words. She says, expect results. See, a lot of times when we pray, we don't expect that God is actually hearing our prayers. We feel like our prayers are just bouncing off of the ceiling. I need, I need your help with just toss it. Just toss it. We're not going to be too irreverent in the house of God. But I remember reading the Bible. Where Jesus says that if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, that the mountains can move. And I don't know if you've seen a mustard seed. I was my, my wife loves to cook. And she she's also from El Salvador. That was my secret mission to El Salvador. I'm joking. <laughs> So, but my wife loves to cook, so she she sends me to the store. I don't know if you're a husband that goes to the store, but we are the most frustrated people. I have to ask God every time I walk into that place. I never know what I'm looking for. But she sends me to find like spices and these things I've never even heard of. And one day I'm in the spice section and I'm looking at a bunch of of little containers this size. And I'm like reading all of them, looking for some weird thing. And I, I pull up on the yellow mustard seed. And I, and I do what you're not supposed to do in the store. I, I open it. And I'm like, I've actually never seen a mustard seed before in my life. And I take one of these bad boys out. See, I lost it. You'll never find it. Good thing is I brought a lot of them. I have a couple hundred in here. You can all have one. It's only two dollars, don't worry. And Jesus tells us that if we can have the faith of a mustard seed, 
Now, if you're if you're sitting in the front row, you can't see this. If you're sitting in the back, you can't see this. If, my wonderful translator, I lost it again. We're, we're, we're losing a lot of faith. But you can't you can't even you can't even see this. But but Jesus is asking one small thing from us. Realize that there's things in your life that God has already done. But there are things that God expects you to do. But all he asks today is said, he says, can you have the faith? Pastor, can you have the faith? Anybody here today, can you have the faith? In one of the worst situations. Listen, I've been there. I've cried. I've I've been where you're at. And maybe I've not been through the same thing. I can understand. And this is the thing. What today God is asking. And you muster up the faith. The size of a mustard seed. Can you muster up the faith? Just this much for me to move in your God, in your life. Today, I want to invite you, and believe me, I, I preach for a long time, but I'm going to be short today. Today, I want to invite you to do something. I want to invite you to turn your emotion in motion. So what I want you to do is take your emotion and I want you to turn it into action. I want to go to the book of the book of Matthew chapter 6. And I want to go to verse I'm going to find it, I promise. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 6. And I'm not going to read the entire thing. Okay, we're going to go to verse 30. This is a very well-known scripture. But if God clothes the grass of the field, which, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what will we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans seek after these things. And your heavenly Father already knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And everything will be added to you. So don't be worried about tomorrow. For tomorrow will be anxious about itself. Sufficient is the day it's own trouble. Today, a lot of times, where am I going, church? I dream of revival in America. I go to bed at night, I dream of, of revival in America. I wake up in the morning, I dream of revival in America. I've given my I've given my life to whatever God wants to do. I dream of churches being filled once again. I, I, I dream. I dream on church and being told again. 
There is no reason that this church will not be filled. Because when God is in it, nobody, nobody can stop it. See, even, even Jesus says that the gates of hell will not prevail. Today, I want to leave you today with a challenge. I'm, I'm telling you, I don't know if it's God or if it's just me, but I have the I could preach for you the rest of the day, honestly. I, I love it. Like when, when Paul was preaching and the, and the kid fell out of the window. That's how I feel. I feel like sometimes, I don't know, you know where we're at. But today, I want to finish with this. There were some men that there were some men that were ordinary people, but they met Jesus, and Jesus transformed them into supernatural men. They could do what wasn't able to be done in the natural. And sometimes we read this as if it's something that happened in the past. You know, we're just we're just one hour from DC right now. And we read about Lincoln and we read about Abraham Lincoln and we read all of these great stories about about America. We read all of these amazing stories. But this is no ordinary story. This is it. I've seen it with my own eyes. And you can tell me that God doesn't do what he says here. But when you see it with your own eyes, nobody can tell you that. I've been on the streets of El Salvador. And I was with a young girl from Pittsburgh. And she came to, to the country. And I was her translator. Now I'm respecting, I'm doing my best to respect all denominations and everything, but I'm just going there's something that you can't shy away from. And so, so we go to this park to evangelize. And she walks up to this old man. And I'm the translator. But she walks up. And it's this elderly man. And she just begins to talk, expecting me to start translating. So I'm like, okay, let's go. I've been in the country probably, you know, a couple years by then. So I learned Spanish. And so I start translating and she's preaching the gospel. And she stops. And she says, can you see me? I will never in my life forget this. And she says, can you see me? Man says, I can't see out of either eye. This girl challenged my faith. Supposedly the missionary in the field doing the work. There comes a teenager from, from the inner city Pittsburgh. Who bends down in the dirt. She spits in the mud. I'm like, this girl is cooked. I know what she's doing. This girl is nuts. I was thinking in my mind, please don't do that. Like, I live here. You don't live here. You go home next week. I live here. These people are going to call me crazy. But she bends down. And I'm, I'm, standing, I'm doing one of these. She bends down in the dirt. She spits in the dirt. Oh my gosh. She's doing it. She comes up with mud. She rubs it together. I'm like, 
Yo, please do this one. No, <laughs> I was thinking, do this one for me. No, just please, just do this one. And she rubs it together and she puts it in the man's eyes. She says, in the name of Jesus, the guy, the guy immediately starts weeping. And he says, and he starts, he's an old man with a cane, but he starts jumping up and down. And he says, I can see it. But it's moments like that that you see with your own eyes and you cannot see the power of God. You can't, listen, the doctor might be telling you something. The doctor might be telling you something about your own, your own health. The doctor might be telling you something about your family's health. But listen, when God is in it and when it is the will of God, when it is the will of God, no man can go against anybody. So today, today, listen, church. I want to challenge you. Everywhere that I go, I want to leave a challenge. Because we can we can come to church on Sunday and listen to the message and go home and and watch football. And, or well, football's not all. We can watch the Olympics. We can watch whatever, and we can just go home, and our lives can be the same. Porque podemos ir a casa y podemos hacer todo, ver tele, disfrutar con la familia, podemos hacer todo. And if we're going to bring this nation back si to Jesus, a, a Dios, that style of Christianity has to leave. Es el lado de la it's not so much about what you do on no Sunday, es domingos, but it's what you do on Monday to Friday night. So today. I want to challenge you today. Let's do something. Let's bring people to Jesus. I, yeah, it'd be awesome if, if anybody from the band could, could come join me. But today, I want I want to leave a challenge here. Maybe this isn't your church. I want to ask you, what excuses have you been giving to God? Maybe you're from another church. Maybe you're from another congregation. Or maybe this is your congregation. But I want you to fill your church. Listen, fill it with whoever is hungry. I used to think, I live, I live in one of the most atheistic cities in America. I live in Boston. Boston. And I live in one of the mo the cities that is most against the church in America. And I moved there. And you know what they told me? This is this is the graveyard for ministry. This is where ministries come to die. This is where pastors come to die. Nobody's gonna nobody can be successful. The, the seminary. The seminary, the uh, seminario, the, the seminary studied, and they said a church should not be able to pass a hundred people in New England. They cannot pass one hundred people. And I looked at the statistics, and then I looked at the Bible. And I remember reading that nothing's impossible for God. And I remember that in the book of Acts, 
chapter 20-24 where Paul says but my life is worth nothing to me unless I accomplish the calling that God has on my life and I said God if this is what you've given me to do this is what I'm going to die doing if you're going to give me New England as an assignment I'm going to see the church filled again if you're going to give me El We're going to mobilize and raise up people. A different style of Christianity. You know what I love the most about heaven? Is that when we get there, they're not going to have pews. There's going to be no seats. The Bible says that when you're at the throne of God, that the elders bow before the throne of God. And they take off their crowns. They place it at the feet of Jesus. That's what I want to spend my life doing. That's what I want to spend my life doing. I want to bring as I don't want to show up to heaven alone. I don't want to show up by myself. I want to say, Jesus, because you died for me, because you gave me a reason to live. This is everything that I did for you. This is everything that I did for you. So tonight, I want to close with this. And we're going to have church today. I love the church. Jesus is coming back for his church. The good news is that one day Jesus is coming back and he's coming back for a church. But right now, I'm not okay with the way that my church looks. If Jesus comes back to my church, I'm going to say, wait, wait a minute. I'm just kidding, I'm not going to say that. But tonight, or today, I want to, I want to challenge you not to just fill a building because when you read the Bible the Bible was never about these four walls we learned in the pandemic that the church isn't the building the church is you and me so if we're going to fill the churches if we're going to fill the churches imagine Jesus starts with 12 men in Acts chapter 2 there are 120 men in an upper room. But I want you, and this is where we're going to close today. Once you go to Acts chapter 5. Now, now these guys, these guys that they called the apostles, these guys were causing so many problems for the government, for the synagogue, because they were going out and they were preaching this man named Jesus. And what happens? Acts chapter 5, they get, they get locked up for preaching the gospel. They get let out. They get, they get uh, released. And they have to appear before the religious council. And I want you to go to Acts chapter 5, verse 27. And it says that when they brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest questioned them. We strictly told you 
to not teach in this name yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us but Peter and the apostles answered he must obey God rather than obey men listen to me tonight they caused so much trouble that the religious council said you filled this city with the teaching of Jesus. What if we filled Frederick? What if today we filled Maryland with the teaching of Jesus? Of him crucified and resurrected. What if? I have a I have a dream. This is my nation. This is my nation. And over my dead body, am I going to allow the devil to continue So listen, it's time that you and me, we fill the city once again. I believe that this church, I believe that this partnership is something that was designed in the heart of God for this city. And I want to tell you the gift that God has given to this house is needed for this time. This will be a house of worship. This will be a house of prayer. This is where people come to get healed. If this is not your congregation, I want you to start with your congregation. Start with your own house. I want to ask you to stand today. If you can, if you want to stay, if you can stay seated, you can stay seated. But I want to finish with another body story. It's amazing the effects of the gospel in our life. But there was a woman in the Bible. Like, uh oh, a woman in the yeah, there is a woman in the Bible. Her name's Esther. She's facing a difficult situation. And she says, Should I do it or should I not? She has the chance to save the Jewish people. She thinks this is gonna be tough. And I can see her just kind of nervously pacing back and forth. She's just a little bit nervous. And Mordecai comes. We all need a Mordecai in our lives. And Mordecai comes. And he tells her this. If you stay silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. But who knows if you've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. I'm going to put this verse in my own words. Guess what, Esther? God is going to do what God has to do. God is going to save this nation. God is going to save the nations of the world. God is going to do what He has to do. But He says, if you stay silent at this time, 
Relief will come from another place. And you'll have no part in the But who knows if this is what you were born for. Today, church, I want to challenge you. And you might, you might be a little old grandma saying, I don't have anything left to get. Or you might be a little kid and you might say, I'm just a boy. I want to tell you today, if you're here today, God has a reason for this message. And I want to tell you today that you can make a commitment to your calling. It takes one person that says, here I am, God. Use me today. So as we worship in this last song, I want to invite you to connect with God. Sometimes we think that God is in some far off universe. I want to tell you that God is closer than the next breath that comes out of your mouth. God is closer than your next breath. So today I want to invite you as we worship. I want to invite you for just a moment to connect with God. And as we finish today, at the end we're just going to say a simple prayer of commitment to God. So as, as we worship right now, I just want to invite you to close your eyes, to simply, to simply connect with God, to pray to God, to sing the song that we're about to sing.
We thank you, Lord, for the ministries here today. We pray your blessing upon them. 
We thank you for the word that was brought. We pray your blessing over Christian and his ministry. We pray for fresh anointing. For fresh oil. For fresh fire for him. So Lord bless this offering. Use it for your glory. To build up your kingdom. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Victor Christian Center's audio podcast. We look forward to connecting with you on our social media or at FCCFMD.com.